You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling out to the spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those people who have been here before us, those who lived well, those who died well, and those who carry within their energy as the ancestors, those who carry the legacy, the legacy of wisdom and richness that of all the people who have gone before us. So I call out to these ancestors to gather round. And in particular, I call out to those ancestors who have understood how to live well in their world, how to work with the plants and the animals around them, and how to make medicine, how to create a life that is good for the people because it's good for all life. And I call out to those ancestors in particular to come and join us and help us here, help us the living here, figure out how to do this now in the world that we live in. And I ask for that great rich wisdom of the ancestors to be with us and to help us. And with the ancestors gathering round, I also call out to the non-human ancestors, to those beings that are not human but and yet are part of the dreaming, that are part of the great dream that is dreaming reality into existence. And I call out particularly to the profound wisdom and the gifts inherent in the plant world. And I give great gratitude to them for their constant um, generosity in the healing wisdom that they offer to humans who without the plant world would be left largely without medicine. And so we give thanks to these ancestors, for our ancestors are not only human, but they go all the way back to the very beginning of the dreaming. And I call out to these ancestors to gather round us here today and to help us. And with the ancestors gathering round, may we reach our own energy together here and gather our awareness into our mind and draw it from our mind down into our heart and from our heart into our belly and extend down into the very center of the earth. And in the very center of the earth, let us take a moment to give great gratitude to the earth, gratitude to the mother, gratitude for all that comes into our lives that is abundant, that is nourishing, that is food, that is shelter, that allows us to live well. We give thanks for the beauty in life, the great diversity in life, even for the gifts in life that show up in packages we don't understand how to unwrap because they seem to be troubles and hardship. We give thanks for this journey that is our life. We give thanks for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment, and for all that will be. And we give great thanks for the wonder and the awe that is life itself. And we offer our hearts to the earth in great gratitude for all of this that is the wonder and the beauty of life. And so we reach here into the center of the earth and draw up these energies into our life, up through all the layers of the earth. And in this way, we bring up the energies that rejuvenate and replenish and restore and renew ourselves. These energies that carry with them all the wisdom of manifestation how to be here in form in a good way with all other living things. And we draw this rich wisdom in from the earth and let us use this wisdom to choose to be grounded in life, to ground our visions here in reality and make them manifest in the physical world. And we call out to this energy of the earth and may we use it to create a sense of hearth and home that is open to those who are different than we are and that we entertain their ideas, that we listen to their stories and we share our own and in this way we come to understand we are one large human family and all of our problems will be solved when we can learn to communicate with each other because we must solve them together. 
And we give thanks to the earth for this teaching of connection and interconnection and ultimately the connection that brings us into the oneness of all things. And may we have the grace in this day to have at least a moment of that oneness. And from that oneness, may we take right relationship with ourself, right relationship with others, right relationship with the environment, and right relationship with the spirit world. May we come into this right relationship with ourself and all the many energies that are the great web of life that we live in. And with the energy of the earth rising up into our beings, let us draw it up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and send it up and out, out into the sky above and whatever weather it holds for you on this day and out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you understand this energy, however you know it, know yourself in this energy and this energy in you. And draw the energy from above down, drawing into your day, drawing into yourself, drawing into these proceedings, the essence energy of blessing, the energy of protection and generosity and devotion and commitment. We draw these energies in that we can feel inspired and illuminated, that we can discover the mentors and the champions in our life, and then we can show up as the mentors and the champions needed by others. So we call in this energy from above into our head and our heart and our belly and send it all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we open our own center channel and connect above and below, earth and sky, the yin and yang, the great, great lovers. This big love energy between these two that's given birth to all that we experience as form. And we give great gratitude for these two legendary lovers. And we ask that love to awaken the spirit of our own heart. And let your heart awaken to its true nature, its true gift. Draw up the fiery passions of your belly that are aligned with why you've come into this world and draw down the crystal clarity of your mind that can see the world that you are in and let these energies dance together in your heart until they give birth to that third and most sacred thing, which is why you are here, your deep inner sense of your own unique genius. And may you find in that human heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that genius, to bring your gifts out into the world and to share them with others. And so I give great gratitude for all the energies that have circled around us, above and below, and the heart in the center. May what needs to be said here today be said. May what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I have great, great gratitude to those of you who um, are able to donate financially to the show. Um, I have gratitude for all of you and all that you do to help the show to grow. But in particular, I must give thanks to those of you that are able to offer financially because you help me to pay the bills for the show. And everything you offer goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And I have particular gratitude to Lydia and Katrina, Sherwood and Duane, and those people that are able and are willing to help financially to keep the show going. And if this show moves you in any way, even if it moves you to irritation and distraction, doesn't always have to be insight and illumination, but if it moves, you know you've been moved in the heart. And may you do this most fundamental of shamanic acts, which is to allow the motivations of your heart to move your actions in the world. And so do something, large or small, to help the show to grow. Um, share with me what's happening as you engage with what we're talking about on the show. Email me your questions, your show topic ideas. Um, connect with the show. Connect with others through the show. Bring the ideas to your journey circles. Whatever it is that you're doing to help the show to grow, I give great thanks for you because we are doing this together. You allow me to do it, and I'm doing my best to keep it going. So thank you all for all that you offer um, in helping the show to stay alive and well and vital. Now today, the topic of the show is um, healing, energy, wisdom, practices that are coming out of the Amazonian rainforest. It's part two 
of this sort of slowly ongoing series to try to give people an idea of how you can engage with this profound healing wisdom that's coming out of South America, um, particularly at a time when America is sort of spinning this into this sort of crazy eco-terrorism ayahuasca all over the United States kind of thing right now. And it's, it's becoming hard for people to find their way in the midst of all of it. And so we're doing our best to, to introduce to you people that we're meeting along uh, the journey that are doing a really beautiful, heartfelt, excellent job of actually bringing forward this traditional wisdom. And so today, our guest is MD doctor and medicine man shaman, <laughs> Joe Tuffer. Joe, welcome. Thank you. So Thank for those you of you that don't know, Joe is a Colombian-American integrative family physician. Joe works part-time as a physician in the United States and otherwise assists in the management and treatment um, at Ni Wei Ro. Is that right? Did I pronounce that right? Ni Wei Rao. Rao, Ni Wei Rao, which is a traditional healing center in the Amazonian rainforest um, in Iquitos, Peru. And the center is new. It was established in 2011. So they offer traditional healing and training with master plants and traditional ayahuasca ceremony. And they are currently developing further programs with integrative healing, uh, medical education, and visionary art. So Joe is currently apprenticing under Maestro Ricardo Amaringo and assisting in ayahuasca ceremony and in all other aspects of treatment. He has extensive experience in integrative medicine and has been inspired to initiate the Office of Ancestral Medicine, which we will talk about you know, what that means as we get further into the program. So Joe completed medical school at the University of California in San Diego. He has participated in research projects at Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine in San Diego and has guest lectured at other programs and has, a, you know, great um, experience in, the, in this integrative medicine practice here in the United States. What's interesting is, is this true integration with shamanism. Um, so if you want to um, contact Joe or the center, I'll spell it out for you. N-I-H-U-E-R-A-O at gmail.com or just Google the center name, N-I-H-U-E-R-A-O.com, and then you can connect. So we're not actually live today. Um, the show is being recorded, but if you have any questions about the show, please feel free to email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org, and if I can't answer it, I will forward it on to Joe. So please um, feel free to ask questions. Um, just don't call in today. <laughs> so anyway, so welcome, Joe. Um, let's start with some background about you. So uh -huh. kind of, you know, what's the kind of the key pivotal things that got you from um, allopathic medical school to your deep involvement with Amazonian traditional shamanism? Yeah, I think for me, um, I was always interested in different forms of alternative medicine. But for me, I think the big thing was in medical school. While I was in medical school, I became uh, pretty depressed, which is kind of common. And after trying a few different things, uh, I ended up entering peyote ceremony. And that really uh, helped me a great deal. And so I became very curious about that kind of spiritual plant medicine and was so grateful uh, for what it did for me in my life. So I started exploring that more, getting more involved. And then uh, my family being from Colombia, I was aware that, you know, ayahuasca, that this thing existed in the Amazon. And as I got more involved with peyote, I just became more and more curious about what was going on in South America. And so through friends... Uh, I, I uh, met an anthropologist that spent a lot of has spent a lot of time down there and asked him for a recommendation. So they he recommended that I go and try a particular center in Peru, and so that's where I went. And just going there, I just had a really major experience and connection, and just became more and more curious and fascinated, and started going back. and And then eventually, we was leading groups to. Uh, to, to Peru for healing 
And uh, the kind of healing that I was able to achieve with the people that I brought down was just so profound and beyond what I felt like I was doing as a doctor uh, in the States. And so I kept going. And then eventually one of the shamans, Ricardo, who was working there, uh, asked me if I wanted to join him in starting a new center. So that's pretty much how it happened. Beautiful. So now there's a third partner, isn't there, in the center? There is a third partner. So it's it's uh, Ricardo and then Spita. Is, Spita Mamek is Canadian. Um, she's an artist and also a healer herself, um, also training with Ricardo and helping out in ceremony, but also administrating the center uh, along with me. Mm-hmm. So it's so and then she also has a as a we have an art maloka you know we have a space for artwork that is kind of directed by by Spita. Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about Ricardo. Like what? Uh, mostly, what is it about him that that made the connection work for you? What makes him yeah. special? What makes Ricardo special is first, you know, he just he's very gifted and talented as a shaman. He's, he's kind of uniquely uh, talented that way. And then what's more is he's a very dedicated individual and uh, responsible. So it's kind of, you know, it's not so easy down there in the Amazon and cross-culturally, you know, to an indigenous culture to find someone who's financially responsible, you know, who has that level of dedication, um, to the patients, to the people coming through, and then is also uh, so talented. So it's really those three things, you know, and that we're friends, you know, that we have a friendship. So that's what's so special about him. You know, he really cares. He's really serious and uh, and he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice triumvirate. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's not perfect. He's a human being. But, uh, but you know, that's, that's like you said, that's a nice triumvirate, you know. Yeah, if you had a doctor yeah. that had those characteristics, you'd be yeah. on the right track, you know. Exactly. And I also know that for me, I mean, one of the things that I'm trying to find, you know, for myself in life, but also because I have this show, people actually, you know, assume I know something, <laughs> which may not sure. be a safe assumption. But anyway, you know, I'm really trying to find through this web of shamanic work around the world right now is where where the heart is and i and i know that as i listen to your talk at the maps conference and whenever i hear you talking about ricardo i you know i feel the heart energy of it and i trust that it's um i mean i'm feeling it right now we're talking again we haven't spoken for you know months and it's just it's there again and so i just sense that there's real heart and that quality of devotion to the work devotion to the transformations devotion to the plants um that i mean one of my greatest uh, not fears but challenges with with sort of embracing this emergence of plant hallucinogens into popular american culture at least is there's such unintentional disrespect of the plants and if I was a plant and I was being treated in such an offhanded way, I'd pull my medicine back and tell everybody, to, you know, come to me when you're ready to act like grownups, you know. So yeah. I, I'm really concerned about that whole, you know, just treating these powerful, beautiful plant spirits who have such healing medicine for us as if it's just another hit of something. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, at the spiritual level – uh if you want to access like, you know, the deeper possibilities with the plants, then, uh, you know, that requires a certain amount of dedication and discipline and respect. Like you're saying, I don't necessarily think that the plants, uh, I mean, I think they're just, they're there. And so people are going to use them, you know, however they're going to use them irresponsibly, et cetera, et cetera. And, but I don't, you know, as far as the plant being offended, I think the plant can handle it. I think it's just Mm -hmm. that, it's just, you know, a matter of if you want to go deeper with it, well, then that's a whole other process. Yeah, like and any so, relationship. <laughs> like any relationship, you know, yeah, and so that's, yeah. that's just it. And so I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's, I think it can handle it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's more about us and what do we want to do with it, 
you know, and how to, I think where do we want to go with thing. it? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're they're doing, you know, I mean, the, for the plants concern, you know, it's just like the the health of the Amazon rainforest. You know, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. that's that's a real legitimate concern, and so from that perspective, like the more exposure, the better, you know, Yeah. the more yeah. people that are, uh, you know, can get a, a, an idea or an interest, um, about wanting to help the Amazon Yeah. is, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's in the interest of the forest. It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So b- back to your center. So one of the other things that struck me when you were talking is, um, I think I remember you saying that Ricardo actually works in in concert with other practitioners as well. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I think in a lot of the centers, you you see that a lot of shamans, uh, you know, that's within some of the traditions, at least not everybody, but that they'll work, you know, with a couple people. Mm -hmm. So right now he's working with two shamans, uh, one male, Wheeler Noriega, who's a relative of his, a cousin. And then also another cousin of his is a female, Ercilia Brito. So those are the two assistant shamans that are, are functioning the ceremony. And if for whatever reason, Ricardo, you know, is, he has to go do something, go to Lima or do something, you know, they're running the ceremony. So they're, they're fully uh, trained master level, you know, shamans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have plenty of ceremonies with just them. Yeah. So one of the things that you said already here this morning was that the – like the quality of healing that people were experiencing there was was profound, but also sort of different than what you felt you were able to create just as an MD here in in the states. Um, and so, what did you, what have you come to understand about healing in in yeah. in this adventure? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you know, in regards to healing, my big interest. Right now is to, yeah, what is going on? And I, and I feel like just spiritual healing, you know, which is kind of like a, you know, broad topic, I suppose. But that, that there's really a role for that, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if for those people who don't want to talk about that, well, then at the very least, like, you know, emotional healing um, has a, a lot of like, you know, a broad effect on the body and the health Mm -hmm. and I don't know that like you know there's here we're kind of like we're we're just grazing that you know Mm -hmm. I mean therapy Mm -hmm. therapy is kind of the big within let's say like western medicine within what the insurance is going to pay for you know which is going to determine what a lot of people will access yeah Um, and so you know it's, it's therapy basically like if I'm a doctor here and I'm making referrals or mental health or, you know, something like that. Uh, so just, you know, emotional healing, psychological trauma, you know, underlying uh, so much of, of what is, you know, health, health problems. So I think that's really um, overlooked by our modern approach. And I think that traditional approaches, you know, all over the world, you definitely see that as like yeah, just fundamental. Mm-hmm. in people's well-being and mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny you know it's just it's just a real recent i mean there's reasons why you know uh just with the modern scientific you know evidence-based kind of approaches that we're all getting into and and that you know the skepticism which is you know is worthwhile you know people should mm-hmm. be skeptical uh but still you know to kind of walk away completely from you know hundreds to thousands of years of of everyone kind of being conscious of some kind of spiritual well-being, you know, uh, being so important for everyone. You know, so I think Ken Wilber, somebody said that he's like integrative uh, psychologist, philosopher, you know, just the idea that we're just kind of throwing out thousands of years of spirituality is is just horrific, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially when many of those cultures really were able to live sustainably with their environment, and we're certainly not succeeding in living well, so why should we be so invested in a system that's clearly not working very well? No, it's true. That's very true. And, like, you know, from the shaman's perspective, 
I mean, they're willing to see, wow, okay, Western medicine, you know, look how helpful it is in so many situations, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're very open-minded. They're interested in medicine and healing, and they, they, they're trying to be honest about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're just saying, you know, it was funny. My, my, uh, my father was a psychiatrist, and a good family friend of ours uh, came down to the uh, one of the centers with me and talked to one of the master shamans, you know, and he's like, well, you know, he had a big healing there. And he's like, well, how do I explain this to Joe's dad? You know, what can I tell <laughs> his dad? And he said, the shaman said, well, you know, when we see people, you know, helping someone, you know, in a medicinal way, and it's clear to us that there's a real benefit, uh, you know, we respect that. Mm-hmm. And so all we're asking for is that same level of respect, mm-hmm. you know. And so I understand, like, people's concern over charlatans and, you know, kind of underprepared shamans and all that, you know, uh, kind of thing. And there is a real tradition that exists, you know, that is disciplined, that is dedicated, and that is effective for a lot of things. Yeah. And so don't, we don't want to overlook that. And so if we're honest, you know, that's people say, oh, what do your colleagues say? You know, are they and, – and the truth is a lot of people are very curious. Yeah. Know? They're curious well, because yeah. they, they're looking for results, you know, for their problems. And most of the patients that have come to us have already been through, you know, the full gamut of uh, Western options. Yeah. So it's not like we're discouraging them from seeking help other ways. Right. You know? Right. It's not a it's not a competition of either or. It's it's integrative. It's let's Integrate. understand what this does well and what this does well and what's th- this does well and use them. Right. Yeah. But also stop using things that aren't effective. Um, you know, if if you find this treatment isn't effective, then you don't need to keep throwing money at it. Try something else. Right. You know? right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. So do you have a sense, you know, having had this experience for yourself of how um, working with the peyote allowed you to to transform whatever that was that was at the root of your depression, do you have a sense about what, you know, what it is about our our work with these plants and these traditional ceremonies that gets into those places that kind of more standard Western practices don't seem to? Yeah. I think that, you know, from uh, for me, you know, during from my personal perspective during that time, you know, the, my my experience in medical school was just I had been living, you know, healthy, happy. I was enjoying myself and life before I went in and kind of exploring spiritually, and then going in there was just like what you're talking about. Okay, let's not throw money at things that don't work, and mm-hmm. you know, this kind of like institutional culture that, you know, just seem to disregard so many aspects of, of humanity, you know, among them, like the subjective experience of life, you know, that, that, that beyond the materialism, beyond the objective findings, you know, laboratory values and, you know, whatever questionnaire results that, you know, just what somebody's going through, that that's real for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to disregard that, you know, so often, so much, and uh, and then just the discon, you know, just dominating all of our time, you know, with this kind of intense study, some of which was useful, some of which is, I guess, a form of training, and some of which is no good, and then <laughs> the the you know the cloistering of us from the rest of society and our just time, our world dominated and our thinking dominated, you know, and our ideas and just being disconnected from community, disconnected from spirituality, disconnected from nature. And that's what, you know, Maladoma Somme is an African shaman. Um, that's, he's a great scholar, great writer, beautiful books. I don't know if you've checked it out or yeah, looked into yeah, it on your show, yeah. but he's fantastic. And I, you know, that I always draw from that, you know, he made some comment, I don't know if it was one of his books or where I saw it, that he as an African healer observing this, this society, you know, what's missing, you know, what, what are the things you can do to help people? And he felt like, well, it's, you know, nature, community and uh, ritual. Mm-hmm. Like those are the three things that are really kind of missing that, that it hurts people, you know, to be disconnected from those things. And, uh, and so that was something I could do, you know, in the peyote church where I went in Arizona here, the peyote church, a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. 
and uh you know to go out into nature you know to have a ceremony and to be connected to you know a healing community that was really interested in uh in helping me and so the concern is that like from a medical perspective what i'm investigating and and it's it's getting support you know it's not just me saying it but i'm 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 along i'm on the bandwagon of this kind of limbic healing the idea of like you know subconscious uh emotional issues that are just not uh that are not easily approached from an overly kind of scientific um material perspective that you know more kind of a shamanic or you know there's probably a lot of other options um approaches can get in there mm-hmm. you know to to dig into uh allow for some some deeper emotional healing and so this idea that you know from the from the shamans down in Peru it's like you know they'll say okay when we're talking about doctors and shamans hey you know what the doctor can help you with this and that but you know that person's problem they have a you know, from you know, it's it's this translated from the Shipibo to the Spanish. So it's just a manner of speaking, you know, this person has an energy issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an energy problem, and they yeah. don't know how to clean those energies. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know how to clean those energies, so they're going to go and go and go, and they're not going to get better. The person doesn't so, know how to clean the energies. The, the person, themselves. the yeah. doctor, you know, the the mm-hmm. hospital, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So so the idea is like okay. How can you clean, you know, these energies, this, these things that we carry, you know, inside ourselves that, that get stuck, that get frozen, that spin around in there? And uh, how do you release that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really uh, the big issue. And so I think that these approaches can help you to release that, you know. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, connecting to nature. Is, is a great way to, to start that, you know, just as an earthling, it's, it's, we're, we're designed for it. And then mm-hmm. community, you know, the social side of things. And that's what the limbic healing, you know, this, the general theory of love that I talk about in my talk, uh, the psychiatrist there, just that, you know, psychotherapy, tuning into people emotionally and trying to slowly, you know, make your way back to emotional health through allowing them to help you release. And then ritual and ceremony, allowing a mystical, component in to help facilitate that process as well you know which is kind of like traditionally is is you know part of healing all over the world you know even i think some like basic concepts that are now getting investigated in science a little bit more is like connecting people to spiritual concepts like gratitude and forgiveness and compassion you know, that connecting into those things, you know, initially, intellectually, initially through your mind, but connecting into them until you actually feel them and uh, the benefit that that has for people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how, how do you access that? And I think the plants and, and shamans and, you know, they can help people access that, especially when you're from a society and a culture where you're just acculturated to not, you know, be so in touch um, with, with those concepts or with how, how that can relate to you personally, you know, inside yourself and your feeling, and it can help guide you through that. So, so let, yeah, let's talk about, so, so, so this is this idea of healing or an understanding of how to get at the sort of energies that can be underneath what are presenting on the surface. So let's talk about what it's like being at your center. For someone who yeah. would be there and how, you know, what happens? How, I, yeah, like give us right. give us an idea of what it's like to be there and, and what sure. people could experience there. Sure. So just, the, just the, the, you know, the breakdown, you'd arrive, you know, somebody pick you up and bring you out of the Quitos, you know, from the airport out into the, you know, to the more uh, into the forest or on the outskirts there. And you arrive at the center. So one of the first things you have to do is is you have to do a vomitive as part of the tradition, uh, the Shipibo medicine that we're involved with. You have to do a vomitive to clean yourself out and to help prepare you for, for the ayahuasca. So you do that and then you're going to start on a diet, you know, this traditional Shipibo plant diet, the kind of vegetalista they call it sometimes. So that's no salt, no sugar, no grease, no spicy foods, no dairy, no red meat, no pork. Um, 
no sex, no alcohol, no drugs. So then you start a, a purification process and that's, that's called the diet. So now you're on the diet and, uh, you settle in, you know, you have a room and eventually you're going to meet with Ricardo, um, to talk about your intentions to kind of get the ball rolling. Why are you there? How can we help you? You know, so that's just the initial contact. A lot of times that's going to change or more is going to be revealed. And so then based on that conversation, he's probably also going to assign you a, a master plant. So we put on a master plant, which is a teacher plant that you would take every day. Um, that is regarded as a, a kind of a spiritual resource for you. Um, so the idea is that the, that the spirit of that plant will help you in your process to heal you physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And, uh, also perhaps teach you, show you things, you know, from your connection with this plant in the diet. And then you're going through your deal, you know, you're having your meals and then eventually Monday and then Tuesday, as well as Thursday and Friday, we do ayahuasca ceremony at night at eight o'clock. So then you'd skip dinner, maybe you have a little fruit or tea or something and you come to the ceremony. Um, you get your spot at approximately eight o'clock. We drink ayahuasca and uh, then you are going to, you know, wait for the effect and things are going to get started. And then the shamans are going to sing. They're going to sing Icaros. That's just mystical healing songs um, that are going to guide you through your experience in the ayahuasca. And then eventually you're going to be sung to one on one to directly uh, try to heal you kind of in an energy healing you know, fashion um, in the ceremony. And then, you know, you're going to. The ceremony will end eventually, and then the next day in the morning or sometimes in the afternoon, we'll all get together and have a discussion about what happened to everybody and so that we can understand what's going on and so that the treatment can be adjusted and that people can also be educated. You know, a lot of times uh, what we find it's so important and there's not always a lot of discussion for people on, you know, how, how, should, how could you work with ayahuasca? You know, so you can have a ceremony and all that, but a lot of people come, they've had a lot of ceremonies, but they never really learned, you know, how to work with it. So just getting them, uh, you know, educated. And so then we go back into ceremony. So that process continues for as long as you're there. And then eventually, uh, your diet is closed kind of in, in a mystical process with a song in the ceremony. And then that's it. You know, your, your healing is complete and then you're ready to go back home or go on to wherever you're going. So that's what people experience with us. And so, you know, there's a lot of. So that's kind of like the standard. And then there's probably variations depending on what the person is bringing with them, essentially. Yeah, there's variation. There's others. I mean, just other things would be other plant treatments that might be, you know, additional, whether it's plant baths or vapor, uh, vapor baths or also uh, topical treatments. There's a few other things, you know, but that is the standard like that. Everyone is going to get pretty much what I what I said. And then there's other things that are more personal. You know, there's a little body work available sometimes. Sometimes we have a yoga teacher visiting, you know, there's yoga. There might be some there's the artwork is is, a, is there. You can do it in the art look or there may be somebody teaching some stuff, you know, visiting us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, which uh, reminds me. So it, it, one of the things you talked about is that you would be develop potentially developing a healer in residence program. Is that in development or is that it's, still where? Yeah, no, it's kind of, it exists. And right now what it is, is it's uh, informal, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we haven't been able to really formalize it it's just because people's schedules, everything's different, you know? So one thing we wanted to kind of like say, oh, you know, at this time, such and such person is here helping out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not doing it that in that formal way. You know, we have friends that are coming in and working out kind of a new work exchange kind of thing. So people that are either doing yoga or doing acupuncture or doing um, energy healing. And mm-hmm. so those people are coming and staying and helping us out with other things. And then they're also offering up, you know, their, their healing work to some of our mm-hmm. guests, you know, depending mm-hmm. on how it all goes. So, you know, things are very organic down there and that's, that's kind of how we like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, K- 
can you share without you know being invasive can you share some stories or or to help sort of illuminate how how people experience their time there yeah well um you know there's all different kinds of experiences mm-hmm. so first you know kind of example is somebody that comes and you know i just got an email from somebody he's i mean he's definitely like a exceptional case but you know cocaine problems mm-hmm. lifelong um and a lot of other you know self-love problems and two weeks you know he uh he was with us only two weeks and he's had a huge you know change in his life and now mm-hmm. we're six out when he sent me this email six months out and he's just so happy, you know, and he's sober and healthy and all the rest of it. Um, you know, his first experiences, you know, like the honest thing about ayahuasca healing and in, in the tradition that we work with is that it's difficult. You know, it's not always difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult, but sometimes it is. And it's not like a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he definitely had a hard time, you know, the first couple ceremonies, like just kind of, uh, I guess we would say like detoxing, you know, mm-hmm, clean. Mm-hmm. and that is a, that is a, can be a little bit of a rough process, but it's intense. You know, it is intense. It's not for everybody. Um, it is intense. And so, you know, the results that he was able to achieve in two weeks, you know, that's, a, it's amazing, but it wasn't like, you know, the easiest two weeks of his life, you know, <laughs> right. so <laughs> wasn't going to a spa. Yeah. The be- yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it is and it isn't, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the thing we we're putting up, we're starting to put testimonials up and it's funny because the people, they, they love it. They had a great experience and they're saying, well, it's not a vacation. Don't think you're coming for a vacation or another guy who had like the most profound experience of his life. He's like, well, it was the longest 10 days of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's, it's intense. Um, so he had a difficult experience, but you know, third, fourth ceremony, you know, major breakthroughs around letting go of a lot of um, pain from his childhood. You know, I think in this deep limbic healing that I'm real interested in, I see that's, that's so much of what we, it always comes up anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, it has, to, it has to be addressed. It has to be dealt with. Sure. And uh, so that's, you know, he was able to, you know, like on the third ceremony, he was able to release a lot of that. It was around his father and, and, uh, you know, he found some self love mm-hmm. by the third night and that just changed everything for him. So yeah. then he was able to kind of weather the storm, you know, after that. And, uh, and then, you know, eventually get to where he wanted to be just another totally different experiences. Like let's say a one nighter, you know, here's a good experience for a one nighter woman that I talked about. I think, uh, not on the, that talk, but in a different talk I did, but she is, had a chronic cough and I just had another chronic cough case. So chronic cough, uh, has been to all the doctors, CAT scans, pulmonologists, everything, you know, and there's nothing, you know, from their perspective, there's nothing wrong with her, mm-hmm. you know, they, or they can't, they can't help her really. They don't know how to help her. And so she's not getting better. She's tried everything they've offered. And so then she just came for one night. She came for one night because She's part of a uh, like a medical brigade nonprofit that comes to Peru. So one of her friends, one of her colleagues from her program came to the ceremony and had a, a really beautiful experience. And I think she was there for a few days. And one night she saw this woman sitting next to her, you know, in her visions. Mm-hmm. And it was just very clear to her, oh, I need to bring her here. Mm-hmm. You know? So then she convinces her to come. This is a lady that, you know, has not, was not a, Psycho not. I don't think she's done any drugs or anything. So she comes. She she drinks her ayahuasca. You know, we we try we we dose low, you know, and then go up at, as tolerated. And so we don't want to blow people out. Um, so she I go over to see how she's doing, and and you know she had told me that morning that you know really her cough she doesn't feel it's coming from her lungs. She feels it's coming from her solar plexus. That, mm-hmm. that there is kind of like, you know, the chakra, solar plexus. So I had told uh, one of the female shamans who's kind of an older uh, woman that's very experienced. I told her, hey, this is this lady, you know, she mm-hmm. has this issue right here. And, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it's like 
you know, it's a place of a lot of shame and grief sometimes or preoccupation. She turns out, uh, in the process of getting a divorce, she found out that her husband's been cheating on her, like, you know, a lot. And mm-hmm. she just she did not know that or she just wasn't seeing that or she was blind to that because she was trying to be a dedicated mom and dedicated wife and, you know, not be the kind of family that she was from, which was alcoholic and problematic. And uh, so she was just trying to do everything right. And she came to find out that this is going on. And then it kind of started to connect a little bit that this is kind of cognitive dissonance, you know, over not knowing that and not realizing that or living that kind of lie or whatever it is that was really at the source of her problem, you know, her cough. Mm-hmm. That just things were not, you know, in harmony. There's something wrong that's not being addressed, that's not flowing, and it's stuck. And there it is. And so I tell the shaman, so then the lady goes, you know, to drink her ayahuasca. We're going to the ceremony a little bit later. I go to check on her to bring her over to receive the song. How are you feeling? You know, do you feel anything? Nah, I don't know. I feel a little altered. You know, not much. So I'm like, okay, well, come on. The shaman wants to sing to you. Gets up, you know, and then she's like, whoa, you know, I feel a little bit. Walks over. I take her, sit her down in front of Olivia. This The shaman, she's probably close to 80 years old. Hmm. Sits down in front of Olivia. Olivia is very gifted, you know, singer, healer. And Olivia just, you know, opens up her song. Uh, immediately, this lady starts coughing and then vomiting, you know, starts vomiting. In her experience, she was vomiting up like orange and red rocks. That's what she <laughs> saw. In vision. Mm-hmm. She wasn't having visions before the song. And then started to weep, you know, just started weeping. I bring her back to her spot. Now her experience has started and now she's seeing in her visions why her husband is a sex addict, you know, saw that perhaps he had been uh, sexually abused as a child and that that was like part of the root cause of what's going on. And that just started a whole process for her. Uh, then she had to leave, you know, she had to leave, I think, the next day. And I'm still in touch with her and her cough, like, you know, just every six months is just getting better and better and better. And now I, I don't know exactly how, I think it's, you know, minimal right now or gone. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff is coming out that, you know, she's learning and realizing. So that's that's another kind of experience. Uh, then there's a lady, you know, just family friend that I just brought down chronic cough related to a lot of issues, um, sexual abuse as a child. Then there's this family uh, conflict, you know, working for the family business and then backstabbing and betrayal from the family. Her cough started after she went to this meditation retreat and kind of opened her consciousness a little bit, went back to the life she was living. And then again, this kind of like something's not right. This isn't quite right for me. Something's wrong starts having this cough she comes she was there for three weeks she had a very difficult experience you know her ceremonies were hard not very visual just emotional memories and a lot of illness until like the very last one um now she's much better you know things have really changed for her and then there's other people who come and you know they have immediately beautiful experiences opened up, you know, to the mystical realms. So the shamans for us, I mean, the whole process is about cleaning and clearing. And as far as opening up into like these higher shamanic, you know, visual realms with the plants, etc., the idea is that, you know, that's accessed, you know, once you're clean. That's mm-hmm. the point of it. If you got to clean and clear, you know, for that lens to be to be opened up, you may still receive that stuff earlier on, you know, it might be information that's important. But it may or may not come, you know, but mm-hmm. what, the main point of it is the cleaning, you know, which is a process. It's work. But, you know, the results are, are, are really positive uh, in many, many cases. 
And it's not just cleaning physically. I mean, you're talking cleaning emotionally, cleaning psychically, yeah, spiritually, definitely. cleaning psychologically is, on all these that levels. Is, that is the primary, you know. But yeah, exactly. All, I mean, there's physical cleaning that happens, of course, but yeah, spiritual, emotional, psychological, you know, that's energetically, you know, that's what people need help with. Um, and are a lot of people do that come and, and that's, that's the help they receive. So what are the, um, I don't quite know how to ask this question, but just to give listeners a sense. So what are the different kinds of reasons that people choose to go do this, to, 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 to look at this approach, in, uh, experience this approach to their own well-being? So, right. I would say that, you know, it's, it's to go down to the Amazon, you know, to do this is, it's a lot for a lot of people. And so in some cases, it's kind of a last resort, you know, mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. tried a lot of things and, uh, you know, nothing's helped. And then um, now it's as it gets a little more known, it's just people word of mouth. You know, they've heard somebody got help with this such and such problem, you know, so they want to go. Um, and then other people are just curious. You know, they come, they're curious, uh, like for their spiritual growth. A lot of people are coming to try to uh, open that up more and then they come and then they realize, wow, you know, it turns out that's not the main reason they're there. You know, although that's part of it, but there was something, you know, there was an issue that had to be addressed, that had to be worked on, that had to be resolved. So a lot of people feel called, you know, to go. They, they have a dream. They see a book. They do something. They run into somebody and they feel like, OK, you know, I need to go experience that. So those are some of the main reasons people come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there any um, – I mean I, I always think shamanism has this kind of trickstery, sneaky quality to it sometimes in a good way that often sort of tricks us into doing things we should be doing that we didn't know we should be doing. <laughs> but um, is there is there a um, like a reason for a coming or a kind of attitude or orientation that just sort of negates the whole effect? Um, I don't, I mean, I, I think you're still going to get something from it. Yeah. You know, the plants and it's up still kind of get around it. It's up to you. Yeah. But there's, yeah. you know, there, it depends if you're just going like, you know, there's a guy, uh, on TV, they did some documentary I saw and these guys went down somewhere and they were trying to compare like this whole issue of like, oh, okay, if you're, if you're in the culture, then it works. And if you're not from the culture, it doesn't work, you know, because you have to be from the culture. And so they had some local woman, she had a huge healing. And then they had this guy who was just a drug enthusiast, you know, mm-hmm. and he was just going down to kind of, I don't know, I guess test himself out, you know, try mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. up, how he measures up with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just had a terrible, terrible night, you know, yeah. just puking and, you know, he's like, oh, I could get that high, you know, in so many other ways and, you know, without all the vomiting and I felt terrible. That was the worst. And the shaman, you know, they interviewed the shaman. He's like, hey, man, that guy has a lot of cleaning to do. And mm-hmm. so that's why his experience was that way. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's like, I mean, for him, he felt like it was a nothing. You know, the shamans are yeah. starting to say, oh, he, he got some cleaning, you know, whether mm-hmm. he wanted to or not. <laughs> whether he wanted so, it or not. Yeah. yeah, I think it just, you just, you have to want it. You know, mm-hmm. you can negate it by blocking it, you know. You can block a lot of it. Um, just, just not being open to it, being stuck, you know, not, not, you have to do your part. You have got to do your part. You know, and that was coyote medicine, that guy, the doctor, native American traditional healer that wrote that book. Don't remember his name, but he's just like, you know, in their practice, 70% is the patient, you know, uh, 20% is the spirit and 10% is the healer. You know, that's what he Mm -hmm. says. Yeah. So you have to do your part. You know, if you're not doing your part, uh, you, we can't, you know, we can't say we're going to be able to help you. Right. But it sounds like you're able to help a, a, a huge range of people come to, you know, one way or another through the process, come to a, a, a deeper source of whatever is underneath what's troubling them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, we only have about five more minutes, but I, I'm wondering if there's there's something 
you know, something left that you really want to say or some sense of maybe a vision of where you think this could go. You know, if, if, if this whole integrate, this, this true idea of integrative medicine, uh, you know, where it could go or, you know, something yeah, that you well, want, want to say in, past, in the end here. In the end, integration, you know, is just, is just we're working towards, you know, finding a role for this kind of healing. It doesn't have to be this exact format, but this kind of healing within our society here in the United States, you know, because we could really use it. We really need it. There's a lot of people having a hard time. I'm back to work as a doctor here again. And I, I see cases that are just, you know, you just don't see it down there. Yeah. How far gone. Uh, somebody's, you know, now this 32 can't work, you know, back surgeries, high dose pain meds, you know, mm-hmm. major anxiety disorder. And, uh, it's just interesting, you know, because I, I, I'm with these natives over there doing backbreaking work. And nobody hurts themselves, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. want can't. Everybody can't wait to get back to work, you know, to mm-hmm. perform and provide. And uh, and there's really like at least in the village where we are, and there's no anxiety disorders, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I just think that there's we need help here and. It's our culture is a big part of the problem, and so we need to open our mind culturally, you know, to try to find a. We know it. Everybody knows it. You know, mm-hmm. our culture is devouring the world and ourselves, and people. We are everyone's making changes, trying to make changes, but uh, you know, we need to open our minds culturally as well to allow other kind of perspectives to try to help. Uh, well, and, help and us. like you said, especially cult perspectives that have been helpful for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and remain helpful today. We might want to open exactly. our minds to those. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense. You know, yeah. It makes yeah, a lot I of mean, sense. it's just practical. Exactly. If you're yeah. a conservative person, you know, you would, you would think you would think that way. Yeah. You know? It's funny how it's like the other way around here. Yeah. yeah. It, I do find that funny where, because I, I'm an enormously practical person and, and this is my life here in America is shamanic work and people always say, well, that it, don't you find that impractical? It's like, well, no, actually I do it because I find it profoundly practical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's throwing well, Joe, thousands of dollars. Oh, go at, ahead. I'm sorry. Just, you know, throwing thousands of dollars and all these exams on this lady's chest cough, you know? Mm-hmm. Was that practical? Is that practical? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Is that like a salt of the earth move to make so no it's not right and and putting a 32 year old on opiates so, to deal with back pain which is going to shut down her gut so now she can't process food you know you know it's like you know this is yeah. whole sequence. it's not going anywhere is that practical there's no plan yeah. for to get better on this current situation yeah the plan is how are we gonna like pay for the healthcare system so we can keep pouring money into those kind of situations you yeah. know just to keep this thing going and it turns out it's not going to work Period. Yeah. yeah. You know, is that you know, once again, not a sustainable system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Remotely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Break it down. Well, and it's beautiful, you know, really, uh, because you do truly have, you know, more than a foot in both worlds. It's like you have two lives. And so your, your, your capacity as the intelligent and kind of heartfelt man that you are to really look at these systems and say, you know, can we all just be practical here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's lovely. Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, and thanks to Ricardo and Svita and those that are working with you to create this um, place for people to come and experience this traditional medicine. And, and also enormous gratitude to, to the people and to their traditions and to the people who, who created those transi- transitions with the plants and you know, all, all of the history of of. of goodwill that has gone into creating what you all are able to do today. Just enormous gratitude and, and thank you for this possibility that you're creating for those of us present here today, but also for the future. So just I'm deeply, deeply grateful for what you all are doing. Thank you. Thank you very much for all your kindness. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for being with us here today. So for those of you that didn't have your pencil out in the beginning of the show, um, the spelling is N-I-H-U-E-R-A-O. And you can email that at gmail.com or just 
um, Google it and go to the beautiful website and contact people uh, through the website. It's probably the easiest way. Or if you can't figure out all of that, just email me and I'll forward you your um, email for you. Um, so I give thanks uh, to the spirits for gathering around us here today and to helping us. Um, I give thanks for the earth below, the sky above, the great beauty that we live in here between these two, the great wisdom, the traditions, and the future, and also to the heart that unites it all. Thank you, everyone, for listening.